raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. Yes, it's another episode of Favourites and a special guest today. Really looking forward to this. It's Kate Sobrano. G'day, Kate. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Uh, now, Kate, I have to uh, get off to a, a really good start. Uh, away from all the show busy type stuff, you and I have a connection that you would not even be remotely aware of because, in all honesty, it's not really much of a connection. But as a kid, <laughs> my sister decided to play piano. Mum yeah. decided she'd better buy her a piano. And so yeah. she rang a number that was in the trading post from somebody selling a piano, and it was mm-hmm. you who answered. Get out. <laughs> no. Oh, so, did you buy my piano? No, she didn't in the end. I, d- I don't know oh. why. <laughs> but it was just one, one of those things. As a kid, I remember walking around that the house going, oh, my God, your mum spoke to Kate Sobrano. That's just so oh exciting. Oh, my God, that is gorgeous. So, oh, <laughs> you could have had my piano and then maybe if I died, it would have been really valuable. I, well, I could, have, I could have got you to autograph it for me. It would have, would have been fantastic. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so so that aside, so let's first question. When I was young, it was Kate Sobrano, and then I was told, no, 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 you're saying it wrong. It's Sebrano. With well, you, no, I think what it is is that people misspell it constantly when the Australians abbreviate it. So it's spelt C E B E. Yep. And people go Sobrano. Yeah. And, and so my grandmother, no, I, I, I'm, my grandmother used to always tell, say to me, actually, because she'd always sort of admonish me for it and say, hey, listen, you should tell them it's Seberano, and then they won't misspell it as often as they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but if it just in everyday language, it, it, you, just people say Kate Sobrano and that's fine? Yeah. yeah. Kate is just, Kate is also very good just for me. I'll answer to Kate as well. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Although my, my daughter, when she... When, we were, when she was a little kid and she didn't get my attention in a supermarket or a public place, she'd be like, you know, mum, mum, um, mum, mum wouldn't turn around. And then she'd go, Kate Sobrano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. How, yeah. How old's your daughter now? She's 19. 19. Is she following in mum's footsteps, musical career? She is actually. She's a singer-songwriter, but she's, as yet, she doesn't have the um, the live acumen like she's not interested in live music in terms of playing or being in bands she just writes she's a studio recording artist yeah and she writes with a um another producer partner they're kind of like a bit like a eurythmics or something you know they 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 have equal share in in the writing and they create these wonderful atmospheric pop songs. Oh, cool. Are they out on Spotify and all that sort of platform or No, not no. yet. She's just um she's just lining up her ducks. Wow. And she's done a couple of showcase gigs for a few for, for a few labels these months, this last month. Um and there was quite a buzz about that and we've been talking to a label at the moment and discussing, you know, but the good thing about emerging artists these days, because they can do it all themselves, yeah, more or less, um, they can be more pick and choosy about where they want to place themselves, to what effect they want to be contracted to a larger community yeah, and, you know, really work out, like my daughter, she's actually more conservative than me. She doesn't um, engage much yet on socials. Wow. She doesn't. She doesn't relate to the influencers sort of version, and 
in her business. It doesn't feel honest for her. Like she doesn't want to take things for free that she hasn't yet earned and she's just a very, very honourable kind of person. Good on her. That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so do you get uh, – are you much of the pushy showbiz mum or, or are you very sort of hands-off, yeah, let, her, let her steer her own direction? Oh, she's <laughs> very, very independent. And yeah. we are um, – at the moment we're touring together at the moment with the symphony, symphony album that I have had mm. out this year and she's been singing and performing with me. And when we're working together, we're very much colleagues in as much as she she understands who I am and what I've done and and my kind of stance in music and I mentor a lot of women in music and so she sort of just sits in and kind of um, very much just becomes the community rather than having any special treatment or, you know, like she, we, it's not that she isn't absolutely and utterly the most precious thing I actually own but um, or have had a part of but. Um, but when we're working together and at her age now, she's very, very independent and she's very sort of self-reliant. Well, that's yeah. that's fantastic. That That's so good to hear. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned the um, the symphonic uh, concerts you're doing. You, you've got another one. Uh, we're broadcasting from Melbourne, of course, uh, and you've got yeah. another one coming up next year to, to cap off the tour. Uh, but yeah. those are incredible concerts, aren't they? That Russell Morris has been has uh, has done some as well, and and some of my favourite albums are like Elton John and the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Many many years mm. ago and and split yeah. ends with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra it just gives such a, a whole new sound to some great songs and especially with your catalogue as well it's just fantastic well I have to say for personal reasons it's been um very very complete as a as a song it's like a I started off listening to musical theatre and and contemporary musicals like films, cinematic versions of musicals, Sweet Charity, West Side Story, um, oh, you name any of the, the 1940s classics. And that's what informed me as a jazz singer and as a studio singer as well. Um, I loved the characterization of songs. I loved Shirley MacLaine and uh, all these things. So it's like a complete circle to come back around and have – an arrangement for music which is making my life sound symphonic and yeah. like I'm in a music play. So the expression is very, it, it's very complete and very emotional and audiences have been responding, I think, to the emotional elements. Um, they see themselves in the music and they hear and see their own uh, their own experiences that they've spent and lived with certain songs. It triggers memories and moments for them as well. And the symphony, I think the symphony really happy because um, Roscoe James Irwin had really created a symphonic arrangement. They're not just three chords, you know. Yeah. That, that, are, that No, which can sometimes can happen. Like, you know, if you go and see a Kiss concert or something, it's not like you're going to get the symphonic version of I Was Made For Loving You, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's um it's a real journey and the journey started at the beginning of the year. My husband and I, after COVID, decided to bring together our our talent as in terms of like multimedia. He's um he's he's been in film and advertising and directing for twenty five thirty five years. And after COVID, we had spent so much time before COVID. We kind of made a vow we weren't going to be apart anymore. Yeah. 
and we combined our skills. So he's been my management marketing team for the whole of the symphony tour and it's just gone gangbusters. It is fantastic. I, I, if you don't mind, actually, I want to play just a little bit because um, I was listen, okay. listening to the album and uh, Courage, I just think, is the most stunning song. Like, oh, you've, you've had beautiful. so many hits, it's, it's hard to actually pick one. But just with the, the symphony orchestra, I just love this little particular bit. It is just so lovely. I've, I've always had this thing about music. I, I find, yeah, I, I love a good pop song uh, and I, I love mm-hmm. a, a good rock song and you know, bands certainly have their place. We'd be lost without them. But I love when it's just a voice and a piano or just a voice and a guitar. That can mm-hmm. sometimes move me to tears. And the same mm-hmm. with the other extreme where you've got like a 60-piece orchestra or whatever. Yeah, I know. The emotion can just be amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's overwhelming. It's sort of like it, I, I said it. I've said it to people. It's it's up there with nature. You know, all the stars in the sky. It's it's delivering you all of the mysteries and the potential of great space and beauty and 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 things that feel natural to you. Like at one concert just last month, I I was saying to the audience, "You don't even have to look at me. I I, I think it's kind of be." A distraction, and and certainly an orchestra doesn't ask to be looked at either. What we'd rather have you do is put your head back on the chair and close your eyes and think yes. about memories and find the places within you that respond to this music because that's where the music can do its best work, I think, is when it finds you in the dark and takes you on that, on that journey, your own personal journey of your inner thoughts. Yeah, that's oh, that's beautifully. That's beautifully put. I, I love that. That's stunning. Um, now, so uh, so uh, you're still touring with those concerts. There, uh, you're in Perth, and uh, and and as I say, it's going right through until uh, mid next year when you'll be finishing up back in Melbourne again. Um, yeah. uh, you've also been flat out like you've just had so many things happen in the last couple of years. With uh, I noticed the, you've got the book out as well this month, uh, Unsung: A Compendium yeah. of Creativity. Yeah. Well, after COVID, it was I had a great well of of creativity, you know, obviously that was unspent because I I'd, I'd been running for 40 years at such a cracking pace that COVID came and halted everything and everything that I understood to be my role or my um my purpose in life just suddenly just stopped and I had to re-examine the meaning of my my work and, and and what I wanted to do and would I come out the other side of COVID having a purpose or even a place in society as an artist. It, you know, I think everyone questioned who they were before COVID and then after COVID I think we don't ask questions, we simply act out mm. what we need to do to survive and uh, and survival being the kind of keynote to all, all of what we've been doing this last year. It, it's um, Unsung has within it a collection of objects that I started painting during COVID and, and in a sense these beautiful 
um, like tokens of my creative life and my inner thoughts, like I mentioned before. Um, all the fans out there who who were really engaged with what I was doing, they said, you know, well, are you going to sell them? I'd like to buy them. And then they started collecting them and they're sort of like little playing cards now. I mean, one guitarist, <laughs> you know, gone to a, a, a woman in Horsham and another one's gone out over to Perth and another. And, and one day I hope, I really, really, dearly hope, one day I can bring them all back together together for an exhibition and bring in and pay for all of the people who bought them just in exchange for their support, like, Myself and many other friends in the industry, we weren't eligible for handouts on any level. Um, and so this is what I did to make a living. And it was it felt honest, actually. Yeah. It, it felt really real. And so I wrote the book about that. I also wrote the book as a sort of a, a, an illustrated memoir as well, just to describe how it felt to have 40 years in my life. I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, um, in 40 years. Not, of, not a lot has been documented because a good – Two-thirds of it has been before social media. Yeah. I remember uh, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, uh, Models. Oh, yeah. A great band, great song, and you were one of the backup singers on that. Was that sort of the first first, uh, sort of public uh, appearance of Kate Sobrano in in a a video clip form or...? No, no, actually. There was a band, um, a very, very successful band called I'm Talking, which was my first band. We had about five top ten hits um, the year before Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Oh. And I was actually, I was loaned out to them. Well, actually, I just happened to be in the studio at the time. Nick Lornay was working with them on that record. And and we're all just friends, being very Melbourne. Um, just, just they said, yeah, yeah, do you mind putting down some vocals? I was like, yeah, I'll put down a couple. Of, and then we ended up staying for the session to do Barbados and, <laughs> it was like we sort of joined their band for a day. But I, I no, Zan and I were both from I'm Talking. We were the well, front singers for I'm Talking. Isn't that funny how for some no, reason I always thought I'm Talking was after. But no, there you it go. Was sort of, it, it was all at the same sort of time. Yeah. Oh, well, let's go back to, to when you were quite young. When did Kate Sobrano first realise that she had a, a musical talent, a, a musical bone in her body? Um... Were well, mum and dad um, musical? Yeah, my my dad's a uh, bugler from the Drum and Bugle Corps of yeah. the United States Marine Corps. Um, <laughs> having come from Hawaii, he travelled with a ukulele and a surfboard. And um, we had quite a number of albums in the house at the time. Very, very uh, deep, the first albums anyone has in their house on the impacts that they leave on you, aren't they? They've really kind of... What did we have? We had um, Hot August Night. Oh, yes. um, we had Roberta Flack's first take, which had included tracks like First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Yeah, and, Killing um, Me Softly. All those. Killing Me Softly yeah. in Jesse. And um, Elton John's, um, Elton John, it was actually a, a single I had of his, which had Candle in the Wind on one side and Benny and the Jets on the other. Yep, yep. And Kate Bush. So I'd just sing along to all these songs. And, and one day my aunt actually, she said to me, you've actually got quite a lovely voice. I think I'll put you on, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in for Search for a Star, which was like a um, Jimmy, Jimmy Hannon's television show, like not unlike The Voice at the time, I yes, guess. Yes, yeah. Really parochial. And, um, and that's pretty much where it started. That's that's wonderful. I'm stuck on something you just said about your dad because I reckon it sounds to me like a great song title. Uh, 
He travelled right. with a ukulele and surfboard. Yeah, oh, no, I know. Something. There's got to be a tribute song in your da- for your dad in that, I reckon. I think there's been a few tribute songs I've written for. I'm, I'm quite the oversharer. I always <laughs> include a portion of every family member in my every all of my songs. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, now, uh, Kate, I also wanted to touch on, you, you mentioned um, the artwork you know, with the, the book, um, Unsung, A Compendium of Creativity, and you mentioned the painting of guitars. I've seen pictures of those and they are stunning. So not only singer but creative in, in that way as well. Does, does that also come from mum and dad? Or were they in, in that sort of... Uh... I was raised, definitely raised, my mother's an artist and a portrait artist. Um, ah. uh, I was, my grandmother was a milliner and did a lot of things with her hands and I was raised in an era when people were more um, creative with, you know, whether it was with cooking or sewing or needlepoint, you know, anything to do with, with knitting. I mean, these days it went out of vogue almost. Like people were like, oh, that's just like so nerdy, that's so craft nerdy. <laughs> but that's actually part of my makeup. I find that I find when I'm troubled in my mind, I find the best thing to try to do is to exorcise that by using my hands and putting things into the physical universe around me so that I can feel a bit more tethered. Like music and other things really lift you in and out of yourself and you you feel like sometimes bobbing up on the ceiling and and that's you can't sustain it. Yeah. You've got to find a way to find your way back to earth. And and I just think painting and these things just they tether me to a place that I don't so feel that I'm like kind of falling out of myself. I know that sounds weird, but that's the only description I can give you. No, look, I, I think everyone's got their thing. For me, it's writing. Yeah. Like I, I'm a, a broadcaster and you know radio junkie, but if, if ever I'm feeling you know, that, that I just need to sit and just shut off from the world and, and ground myself, if I, I find that if I write something, I just get so immersed in what I'm doing, you just yeah. forget everything else and it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think writing is one of the most... Oh, it's one of the most exquisite things to be able to do. I, I'm so glad that I'm a reader because yep. that makes writing a lot easier because it because then you can just put your mind to task, and if you see a picture in your mind, you can you can express yourself and and name what you're looking at. You know, I think when Gypsy was a baby, I'd constantly get her to read because and as she grew older, and I'd I'd tell her why I was always asking her to read rather than get on any television or social media. And I said, because one day you'll be asked to explain what you think and what you feel. And if you don't have the words to describe it fully, another person won't be able to feel or think like you do. Oh, wow. Gee, you've got a knack with words. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) No, that's fabulous. Um, now we haven't um, we haven't talked about your stage career because of course you're not only singer and songwriter and artist and all of those things, but stage work has been part of your your life as well. Yeah, I've done a bit of that. It's never been my main um, focus. It's always been because someone's asked me and it's been fun. M- mind you, Superstar was definitely one of the highlights of my career. Yep. When when we were doing that in the arena with all the Johns, the great Johns from around the country, John Waters, John Stevens and John Farnham. Yes. <laughs> and the- there was Russell Morris was actually in that cast as well and um, 
Angry Anderson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty wonderful cast. And um, even David Hirschfelder, the Academy Award-winning film composer, was yeah. our um, MD. And so we had 18,000 people a night coming to see that in arenas. And it went for over 100 shows around the country. It's a great effort, isn't it? That's fantastic. It was. Yeah. It was magnificent. And that was something I'll never, ever, ever forget. So stage shows are definitely um, a massive interest, but they're not my primary interest. I Personally, I just prefer live concerts just in, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. really any venue can be a challenge to me because it doesn't really matter what venue. It's mostly about the community that I'm, I'm performing for. I, I, I kind of show up. Um, for any type of space, whether it's a you know like a 150 seater or a 150,000 seater, I, I don't think my body recognises the difference between one to the other. Yeah, no, that's nice. Um, mm. the, with any musical career, there's always the highs and lows. Like you're with I'm talking was you know huge for about four years. You were together before the split. Yeah, about that. yeah, yeah. And when when the down things happened, like a band splitting up, do you ever did you ever stop and think, well, this could be the end. Uh, what am I going to do now, or or do you just go you know, throw yourself into the next project? Yeah, well, it's got to be honest with you. Like music, I feel is such a living thing that yes, there are cycles, but then all of living things have cycles. You know, you kind of have to kind of start things and then um, develop them, then kind of destroy them too, just in order for you to be able to to grow, uh, work out what's what what's going on next. You know, um, it's not true of everything, but there definitely has to be a bit of destruction, I think, in order to be able to construct the next phase of your life and so I I've no regrets about the site I'm, I'm amazed that I've lasted four decades like <laughs> that's that to me is a mystery um but it's not surprising because I never feel like I've ever kind of quite got where I'm headed um and I'd certainly don't get places and then relax and go oh yeah no that's what I always dreamt I'd always have and want you know yeah I, I don't sort of I'm not that person I think I'm constantly in in wonder about the whole thing, actually. <laughs> I think that's what I am. That's wonderful. I wake up one morning and go, hmm, I know, oh, I think what I'd like to do is this. And, uh, you know, that's that's just, a, I think that's part of my character. And do, do you pinch yourself and go, wow, you know, as a little schoolgirl, you probably could never have imagined that you're going to have the, the success that you've had. And, and again, to go back to My Life is a Symphony, the, the concerts and album, to be up on stage, you know, fronting a, a, an orchestra of that size, you just sort of go, yeah. wow, how did, how did that happen? How did I get here? I definitely pinch myself and... And and never take one one split second for granted. Yeah, lovely. Uh, now you, you've been very generous with your time. I should get on to some of the uh, favourites, given that's what the the segment is called, and and, and uh, that's what we're uh, officially sort of here for. I'm going okay, to good. I'm going to throw a few things at you. I've got a list of fifty things, and what I do is close my eyes and just put my finger on one, and then ask you your favourite. Uh, Kate Sobrano, okay. favourite sport to play. <laughs> Oh, the, the question makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's not something a favourite sport. Um, oh, my God, teasing my husband. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I know. I don't, I, yeah, because I don't have like a dedicated sport. 
Yep. Um, I like watching sports, but don't no, I can't even answer the question. That's how arty I am. Well, what's what's your favourite sport to watch then? Um, I, I really love um, AFL. Yep. Cool. Who yeah. do you barrack for? Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Okay, never mind. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm pimped out so often to do fundraising for so many other football clubs that I sort of feel like I'm like the I, – I feel like a traitor to everyone and all. So <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 a bad, it's a bad thing and a good thing. Um, oh, this is a good one for you. Favourite book character. You've already said you love reading. Favourite book character. Yeah, there's a beautiful book by uh, an author named Amor Towles and it's called A Gentleman in Moscow and he's a, an, an aristocrat who comes from the Bolshevik era of Russia and the, the crossover of the Bolsheviks when they were taken over and across um, by the next dictator and he was incarcerated into a hotel um, and he brings so much class and dignity because well, basically because he was raised with so much class and dignity and it's the most beautiful – he is the most beautiful, honourable character in in just such a dishonourable culture yeah. at the time. Yeah, it's lovely. Really cool. um, Favourite brand? This is a, a bit of a difficult one because it's a bit sort of broad, but is there a particular brand of anything you like? I really uh, love cars. Yeah. And um, I love Aston Martins. Oh, nice! Yeah, or or vintage Porsches. Oh, lovely! Uh, have, yeah. Has Kate Sobrano added any of those to her uh, her life? No, I don't think so. I don't think I ever will. I did actually have once a um, an Alpha Spider, which I thought was pretty cool. I had oh, a yeah. convertible Alpha Spider, um, and I loved that. And I also had an FC Holden. Which I loved that brand as well, but if you asked me about my favourite, that's they, they were the, the other top. The other two were the top of the line. Yeah, cool. Uh, favourite teacher? Was there a teacher Mrs. who? Bond. Who? Sorry, I was um, just well, like, I have two actually. Yeah, my music teacher from school, Mrs. Bradley. He, she really kind of she got me engaged with music. But my 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 very very first school teacher in primary school, Mrs. Bond. Um, I arrived at school and I was very traumatised by it. And for a week she sat me on her knee at the the head of the class just to be near and comfort me because I was inconsolable. For over a week I remember it didn't get better, not one day to the next, but she was always there and she she was really quite something. Oh, isn't that lovely? That's beautiful. Mm. Um, Mm. Favourite snack? Uh, Rice. Rice. I love rice. I'm an Asian. That's it's like <laughs> comfort food. The smell of it cooking in the rice cooker is like it's just heaven to me. Just a, a, a plain rice, or with with a bit of yeah. the chicken seasoning or, or something in it, or oh, uh, you know, soy sauce. I mean, anything. Yeah. It's just the smell of rice cooking is just like a roast dinner for you know um, a hungry Catholic family. My my <laughs> mum used to make fried rice, which I, I just adored go. with a bit, a bit I, of bacon and corn and maybe yes. some spring onion and stuff. And I asked her one day after I grew up and decided I should make this for my kids. I asked her one day for the recipe and she said, yes. no, there's no recipe. You just throw whatever's in the fridge in there. And no. I was really deflated to learn that, that no. one of my favorite dishes of mum's was just this ad hoc thing that she threw together. I love fried rice. It's my favorite. That's what my dad would make too. I love that. It is. It's marvellous. Yeah. Uh, Favourite TV character? 
Um, I dream of Jeannie. Oh, yeah. Barbara, yeah, Barbara Eden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Very, very funny, very talented actress, I think. Very and, beautiful. Yeah, and stunning And very as well, sort yeah. of, everyone loved her. Yep. Uh, yeah. Last one, favourite beach? Uh, Clovelly in New South Wales. Oh, now where's it's that? Like a, it's like a, um, it's like a inlet that it's between um, Tamarama and um, Coogee. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of, it's like, it's where all the western suburbs come in the dead of, where all the groovers go to Bondi and... You know, all the suburbia goes over to Coogee. The western suburbs come to Clavelli. I don't know why, yeah. but maybe. And, and it looks really, it's so super San Remo in the middle of summer. Like people come with their little um, stripy plastic low seats and they bring <laughs> their eskies and they do these bombs off the side of this like inlet, you know, and you're in 20 feet deep ocean but there's no current so you're completely you're not going to get swept oh, out so you're sea. safe and yeah nice yeah and there's these beautiful marine life that lives in there and it's just magnificent i i just love it so much i just love it so much is it one of those little hidden gems that we've just gone and blown by by blabbing about it and now people are going to flock there or <laughs> no because i don't think it's to everyone's taste like people go to beaches for different reasons bondi everyone wants to be seen um, Clavelli families tend to go there. This I don't know, you know, I'm not from New South Wales, but I did live there for a while. And the thing I loved, and Tamarama is where all the surfers are, so you don't want to sort of go there as a punter because you'll just get run over by them. Clavelli <laughs> is for is for just people who want to just dog paddle and just blob on their backs and and just take it easy and, and they're not too concerned about, anyone, no no one's going to pap you in your bikini. Oh, fabulous. That's lovely. Kate, it has been delightful speaking to you. Uh, it's great yeah. to it's great to speak to the person whose piano my mum nearly bought all those years ago, um, oh. as, as I say, as, as a young one running around the house being so excited that my mum spoke to a genuine star. It's <laughs> uh, It's been lovely to have a chat Thank with you. Thank you. Thank you. Kate Sobrano.